What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Surf and Sales Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're here today with a very special guest. Lives in Austin, Texas, just just like me. Yet somehow we yeah. able to, uh, you know, spend some time together. But uh, we're going to be here with Andy Mewborn, who is one of the uh, original OGs and sellers from Outreach, who also co-founded Taplio, who now is like a big-time LinkedIn celebrity. Richard, did you know, Richard, that Andy <laughs> has more LinkedIn followers than you and I combined? Did you Get know that? Out of here. Really? Yes, he does. Mostly because you suck and have not been able to keep pace with <laughs> this me. This is true. But yeah, he has more followers than us combined. So he knows what he's talking about. He's uh, known for creating content every single day, insightful, funny, goofy sometimes. And sometimes uh, I've even made some of what he does. So we'll get into <laughs> some of that stuff. Richard yeah, yeah. Harris is one of the co-founders, along with me, Scott Lease, of the Surf and Sales Summit. Got a couple of tickets available for November 27th to December 1st. So check out surfandsales.com. Richard, tell everybody about our wonderful sponsors, HubSpot. Absolutely. Um, we want to make sure that people understand that um, HubSpot is not just a CRM. They do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, they have fully uh, dove, dive, divin in to the AI piece, and they've got a lot of great stuff. They've got a chat spot. Um, that's conversational bot that you can use um, that can automate a lot of manual tasks that you do. So that's really sweet and very cool. Save us all a bunch of time. It's also got a content assistant to help us when we need to write content. Um, so, you know, always interested in, in that to help, you know, sort of to Scott's point, I'm not quite uh, you know, promoting myself as well. So maybe a bit more uh, HubSpot um, content assistant. So uh, to find out more about them, though, please go to uh, find out more about how to use AI to grow your business at HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. HubSpot.com slash artificial dash intelligence. So, all right. Andy, good to see you again. You are a repeat. You're a double dipper. He's been on here before, Scott. Did you remember? Yeah. Double yeah. dipping. I, I'm honored, guys. I'm honored. Look at this. I'm doing been, something right. It must have been a while ago, or he must have done really well. One of those two things <laughs> must have happened. Uh, yeah, we'll say it was a while ago. Yeah, let's say it was a while ago. Yeah. Well, tell everybody uh, what you've been up to most recently and, and kind of reintroduce yourself to folks who might not know who you are. Oh, man. Um, yeah, let's get into it. So uh, before I get into that, though, like, have you guys had these poppy drinks yet? Like, these poppy, like... No. Probiotic sodas yet? Okay. No. Oh, but my your screen because you have a oh shoot. But I, but I have heard of them. Okay, not. you guys, these these things are insane, dude. You guys have to try these. They're like they're supposedly healthy and only twenty calories. Um, and this is not an ad for the Surf and Sales podcast, but shit, maybe we should get them as an ad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anybody knows but, a contact that this yes. <laughs> if anyone knows the healthy gut contact for poppy let us know please um anyway supposedly it's healthy they're freaking amazing i'm like sipping it while i'm talking i'm like holy shit this is great anyways um so andy mewborn you know, as you can tell i go off of tangents all the time um just how the brain works but um yeah as scott mentioned it was early at outreach.io uh, founded a company called Taplio, co-founded a company called Taplio, uh, which is acquired by Lempire. And then most recently, um, I'm currently working on a new company, which is still in stealth, 
Uh, Zoom name distribute, uh, which is going to be a personalized ABM platform. So we're taking personalization uh, to the next level. So you're not only going to personalize emails now, you're going to personalize every digital asset uh, that you send to prospects and customers. Uh, and we're going to help you use the platform or create a platform for you to do that. So, um, yeah, that's what we're working on now. Aside from that, uh, it got the newsletter and his newsletter as well as brand 30, uh, which helps people get active on LinkedIn. So just a lot of stuff. Um, I need help y'all. Like it is so much to manage. Holy shit. I, I think I'm going to get a VA soon. Um, uh, we can even go on that. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about doing that. But, yeah, let's, let's uh, talk about that. Let's talk about this yeah. virtual, virtual assistant piece for a second, because I, yeah, like, yeah. I like you have my hand in lots of different cookie jars. And I, yeah. like you, have resisted and avoided having a virtual assistant of any kind. And yet Richard yeah. over here has a virtual assistant, has had one for a while. They do all sorts of wonderful things for him. So what is it about our stubborn personality that won't let go uh, of some things and get some help? Scott, you're a cheap motherfucker. That's the problem. <laughs> that, might be my, that, might be, that might be my thing, but what's, I wonder what Andy's reasons are. Uh, honestly, I'm a cheap motherfucker as well. That is that is exactly it. Uh, that was one of them. The other piece was just like someone told me recently. Like it's all about delegation, and uh, someone I really respect was like, "Look, the if you want to get really good at something, you got to learn to delegate." Delegate is what great leaders like to learn to do and do it well. And I'm like, really. Um, and I just started looking at similarities in, in a lot of my friends that do a lot of cool shit. And I'm like, it's so right. Like, you got to just get good at delegation. And like, then I asked them all and they've all said the same thing, which is, okay, but I know people aren't going to do is on how I do my own shit. Right. Like, that's what I'm worried about. It's a, it's control. I think part of it. And what they've all kind of told me the same thing is you have to be happy with someone else doing what you 80% of what you would do and be happy with an 80% job, not a hundred percent job that you would do. And I said, you know what? Okay, fine. I got to get over the hump. So then I went and got a VA like the day after, right? So that's where I'm at. Uh, and I got to give up the control there. Um, so what do you piece. have your VA do though? Andy? What, like, what wow. Do you do? Um, so a lot of my social media stuff, right? Like I, I have so much content um, just because I, you know, you guys know I've been doing it for years and I want them to basically post my content for me. I'm still going to do all the replies of the comments, right? But post the content on LinkedIn. I'm moving to Twitter now. I'm doing Instagram as well. I can't do all of it. So edit some short form videos for me as well. They're going to post those on all the different networks. Um, they're going to help me. As, as y'all know, this is not a secret for anyone listening. Like, when to grow on LinkedIn fast or anything fast, you grow with community. So you share your link with friends, they like, comment, et cetera. We can get into that whole strategy later. Uh, but they're doing the link sharing stuff for me too with, you know, people in my, my, uh, crew. So they're going to do that, send it all out to them. Um, and then I will still like and comment because that's my own voice on my own post and my friends post. So, um, so that's what they're going to start with. The next thing for my new SaaS, um, they're helping me basically create a lot of templates that I need migrated over. So templates on that you can use within our product. Um, so they're helping me basically do a lot of that, which is a lot of work. Um, Sounds like a lot of, a lot of marketing. 
A lot of marketing stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're not doing the actual strategy thing, but yeah. like the, some ex- the, some the little nitty gritty stuff that you don't, you know, more low leverage tasks, right? Yeah. Not the high leverage stuff. Like I'm going to run my sales pages, right? Um, I'm going to, um, come up with the automations on the back end and then they'll click buttons here and there. But yeah, it's more low leverage stuff that I'm like, Hey, I probably should be doing other shit at this point, um, to, to really like progress. So yeah. Scott, could you imagine giving up your LinkedIn feed to let someone post on your behalf? If I wrote the content, I would be okay with somebody hitting the publish button at such and such times of the day. Is that what you're asking? As long as I wrote the content. Well, what if I, I, I could not imagine it? not writing the content myself. Andy, do you write the content or do you trust the Yo, of course. Oh, no, no, no. They're not writing. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. The writing of any content is all. Um, no, I don't trust place. You know, I got to have my voice, my, my, yeah, my stuff, you know, my writing. Definitely not having anyone write that for me. Um, just the posting, the sending links to friends, the making sure it posts at the same time every single day, right? All that kind of stuff that needs mm-hmm. to just be part of a system. Um, so, so yeah, now I'm, go ahead. I was just thinking about how your new, uh company is is all about like personalization right yeah yeah and and not just uh personalization of like the outreach but personalization of assets and things like that can you can you talk a little bit more about that i mean i assume that's the direction that you see sales going hence putting the time and energy into building this thing um, yeah. Talk a little bit about that and why you see it that way, because I have seen some things recently where people are saying personalization is a bad word now. I don't know if yeah, you've seen interesting. this kind of commentary uh, of late, but I, I've seen it where it's like personalization feels ick now. Yeah. It, and typically personalization is associated with cold email today, right? And so... Uh, that might be it because there's a bunch of spam candidates out there and they're saying like, Hey, I noticed on your LinkedIn, you worked at Google, right? And like, yeah. we're calling that personalization. So it's giving it a bad rap. Um, where we're going with it is, so when you think about what salespeople send to prospects, it personalization 1.0 is all about personalizing the email, right? Which is now like, okay. You know, it's, it gets a bad rap, all that stuff. So that's personalization 1.0. But if you look at like what prospects want today and the buyer journey and all these buzzwords, like get a piece of content today, let's call it like a guide on how your product works and how to, how outreach works, right? Now, in the past, what marketing was doing is they created one to many type of white paper on that that would say, here's how outreach works. You would send that out to prospects and they would be like, this sounds all like marketing fluff. It doesn't really hit on the problem that I'm specifically having based on my own use case. And so now what we want to do is we want to flip that on its head and say, hey, anytime you send any piece of digital asset, it is personalized to this person, their use cases, any data we have on the team based on previous conversations. Now. If you look at the data we have to ingest in order to produce this type of content, we look at previous gone calls, all the transcriptions to those based on the account. We look at um, emails you have from these people. So how do you ingest all this data 
and then create something that's personalized for them with the click of a button using AI, right? That's essentially what we're doing. Um, and now with this GPT thing, um, it makes it a lot more possible, right? It makes it super and quick to do that because we can now invest all this data that we have. Uh, and so that's what we're where we're going, right? Before, was it possible? No, it was very difficult to scale it, right? Because if you wanted to scale like something like this, you'd have to manually go look at all this data you have on people, the Salesforce notes, the Gong notes, the this notes, the, all these notes, and then come up with your own conclusion of how someone could use your product in the how-to guide, right? Well, now you have a, a machine or a 24-7 assistant that could go in, in 0.5 seconds, ingest all this data, come up with all its own bullet points, and then say, hey, let's create something with that has constraints around it that hits on their all their pain points or some things that they've mentioned in the past, right? We're trying to do because it's not rocket science. If something's personalized, truly personalized and and associated with some problems that people have mentioned in the past, then guess what? It, it's probably going to have a higher conversion rate or be more likely to convert, right? Um, but is it and, truly personalized if you don't actually know the person personally? <laughs> Great question. I guess we should define what the hell is real. What, what is personalization, I really? That's fair. Yeah, yeah, what is personalization? Yeah. So I've been saying this for a long time, that there's... There's a difference between personaization and personalization, right? You, even though I don't know Scott, based on his persona, I could create something that's hopefully more personal, but it's not, I don't know Scott yet. Now, again, with all the tools that are out there, they can measure, you know, someone's personality and how do you, how do you, you know, how do I deliver that message in a way that Scott wants to hear it? Right. That might be the closest you're going to get to personalization if I don't know someone. So for me, it feels more like personaization than it does personalization. Um, but there could be a fine line between the two. Yeah. If I had to define it per se, I would say it's everything in business, business writing, content you see online, any piece of content is like in the business world, problem, solution. Right. State the problem, agitate the problem, give a solution. So I think for me, when I think of personalization, it's understanding their problem specifically, not just, hey, do you need more leads? But like, hey, Johnny, you're at a hundred million in revenue, your pipeline is dwindling and you need more leads. Right. So getting more specific with the, what it is their their problem is, I think a solution based on their specific problem. That is the way I look at personalization. So it's almost like problemization. Did I just come up with a new word? Hold That's on. a good one. Problemization. Yeah, prob there you go. Problemization. Yeah, there you go. See what we're, we're making magic in this podcast, guys. Um, yes, but problemization. That that's the way I would define it, right? Um, I mean, do I need to know what? I mean, you go to the bathroom, like, damn, that's getting real personal. Maybe that's too personal, right? Like, maybe that's true personalization. Who the hell knows? Um, but I, I, I think of it as problemization it is kind of the, the way we're developing this product and taking those insights that you said and matching stuff based on specificity, right? So, so if you've got, what are the type of digital assets that somebody um, might deploy? 
and, and therefore personalized. So let pick on me or Richard, like, you know, us. Yeah. Scott has uh, a couple books. Uh, Richard yeah. has a newsletter. Uh, they've mm -hmm. got a podcast. They've got a conference. Like, what are the things that practically people like us would use? And then that will help maybe connect the dots for everybody listening. It's like, well, how am I going to use this stuff? Like, do I use this on the phone, over email, on LinkedIn? What, what do I have? Right. So yeah. maybe you yeah. can uh, use us as a case study. Yeah. So, Scott, like surf and sales, right? Let, let's let's do surf and sales uh, just because I know mo probably most about this because I surf a lot. Um, so for y'all. But you've never been. But what's that? But you don't come enough to the. Yeah, I know. He's giving, I know, you, I giving know. you help because you've never come before. I know I need to come. I need to come. Honestly, I did look at the dates for, for this one and I will be in Mexico because uh, it's doing, I believe. And we're yeah. going to be in South. My wife looked somewhere like a year ago. I forget the name. But, um, I, I tried this year, y'all. Confession. I did try this year. Uh, but the, the wife runs the schedules, you know? So I just, yeah, happy wife, happy wife, right? Um, You've anyway, delegated, Andy. You've overdelegated. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, looking at that, Serpent Sales, your what's your objective, y'all? Your objective is to get people to buy a ticket to Serpent Sales, sign up, pay the what is it, two grand right now, three grand, um, sure. or whatever, two grand, right? So, when you look at the different items that you can create for that, one thing that you can create is and this is going to be super simple, an itinerary for what does the four days at Serpent Sales look like? What is, besides surfing, because that's in the name, right? Who's going to be within that and, and an itinerary for it, right? How do you create fancy itinerary that you can send to people? And then once they're looking at it, how do you capture them to take the next step with a soft CTA, right? You give someone a piece of content, they look at the itinerary, they go, in that moment, holy shit, this is great. I would love to see... Uh, uh, Josh Braun give a presentation on this at the thing. At, what if in that moment that they're engaged on that piece, they get a soft CTA that's like, hey, $100 off your surf and sale. Give us your email to click here and we'll send that to you now, right? Or $500 off, right? So you give them that incentive. That's it's essentially a lead magnet, right? And so that is something you can personalize, add a conversion on without having to go use Marketo or some crazy ass marketing tool that's super uh hard to put together all the pieces right we're going to give you that simple marketing piece there and so you can send that to your email list they can look at the itinerary they can see it oh shoot and if i wanted her to join or can basically give you your, your email then on the back end that email gets pushed to your newsletter right something like that or they get the an email with the hundred dollar coupon automatically that's just one example of something you can do right from a b2b stand uh, standpoint Think of that, being able to do stuff like that at scale. So checklist on what you should think about before buying our product. Um, ultimate guides, right? Guides on why you should use sales engagement um, now more than ever. Um, cheat sheets, guides, a mini course, right? On, on specifically, hey, if you don't think you need, you need to know how to surf before you, you need to know how to surf before surfing sales, here's a mini video of the only exercise you need to practice before coming. 
and it's a mini video on you doing like mini course video and it's hey, you yeah. doing a pop-up, right? So there's all these different assets that when you're in a deal or trying to get someone's attention, right? It's not necessarily what you say in the cold email that gets them to respond. It's a, a guide or an asset of some kind that educates them that then they say, oh yeah, this looks cool. Because if someone sends me a cold email, I don't just look at their email. I go look up the company. I go look up a resource around the company. Then I decide, hey, I learned something here and I actually think this can help. And so that is essentially what we're building. It's all of those guides around. So all of those, uh, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, I, was, I won't repeat that again. You get in and then if yeah. you're interested, what do you do? Because I think this is something people don't think about. Yeah, yeah. What is what do you do? You go and you look where? You you look at their domain and you probably right. say, What the hell is this company? And then you go look up the company. Right. And then you look up reviews of the company, go mm -hmm. on maybe G2 Crowd, then you go on Twitter and you go to the founders LinkedIn or on LinkedIn you see who's connected to who at the company. And right. you're basically trying to learn like what is this company all about? Do people use them? What do they actually help people do? Because their their landing page of the website, you don't right. most marketing pages you don't understand. Going back to the problem, you're like, okay, great looking page, but what the hell do they do? So right. you go and look at all these resources, and so all these resources that you then start looking at on their blog or whatever. Who creates those typically? Marketers, right? And you read all these blog posts and resources and you're still like, holy crap, I can't understand what this product still does. But now what if you searched and when you search this stuff, you had pages that were indexed on Google on the product that a sales rep made on how the product worked. Yeah. That's Imagine that. That is, and that's what we're doing. So all these guides and stuff that we're going to give you templates for that you can put in your own, right? You can either personalize them as deep as an account right and like if you're targeting someone specific and it's more private or just in general if you want to make a page on hey here's how our product works i want to index this on google so when someone searches this they go to my personal page as andrew and they want to work with me as a rep um although that might not be the case because account-based stuff but you guys get the idea yeah yeah totally totally get it. And that's the part i wanted people to hear was that one click begets the next kid begets the next once someone's engaged right yes yeah. like you're I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If you got an email, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take that meeting. How often does that happen versus how often do they check out the LinkedIn profile before they take the meeting or something like that? Right. You know, because it's, yeah. it's multiple touches. And so in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, what I don't know what the latest number is. It's 16 touches to set a meeting or whatever it is. Right. I'm curious yeah. if anybody's ever felt, well, gosh, maybe it takes us 12 touches. But the other four are them poking around that we don't know about, right? And it, the yeah. only place you could ever track that maybe, maybe is on your website, right? Um, yeah. Don't know what other other places they go. So interesting. I'm I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's the way you described it is what I believe marketing does and is intending to do, and it can go deeper now because we can get better content. And it just, it resonated a little bit more from a sales mindset, or at least from my mindset. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you kind of a, a catalyst for this as well. And one of the catalysts that I have for building this was if you look at like outreach in the past, um, and 
this is maybe stuff that should I shouldn't say, but I don't think it's that private. Some of our best performing content pieces that we ran paints, those two content pieces were pieces that were written by people on the front lines. How to use outreach and like some other some other one that was like around how to be in, how to do SDRing or whatever, something like that. But the two people that were wrote those were actually SDR managers. And it goes back to, okay, who understands the customer the most? The people on the, on the front floor, who can speak to them the best? The people on, in the front of the line. So how do you now give them the platform or the tools in order to push them to create this content that actually converts, right? Because their, you know, our thesis is like their content is going to perform 10 times better than marketing's content because they know how to speak to the customer. They know how to reference the customer and what the customers actually care about. And so how do we leverage that? Right. And how do we get them to create more of this content that can get indexed, that can be shared, that can then lead to conversions and getting meetings. Um, so that was just a me that was like, there's another kind of validation, right, of of why these people now should be in the driver's seat of creating the content that converts. Um, and now with AI, it makes it a lot easier. Is AI perfect? Hell no. Right. Coming from someone that built an AI based company with all this stuff. It's not perfect yet. Uh, but is it helpful and does it make you feel more confident in doing all this? Hell yeah, it does. Right. And that's the goal, right? It's not going to remove the thinking. The thinking will never be removed. The initial hump of writing something and, and what should be said will be executed. But then the thinking behind that, oh, maybe I know them, so I shouldn't say it like this. It sounds fluffy, blah, 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 blah. That's what the thinking's for. Um, all right. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Because you'll keep going, Andy. I yeah. have to interrupt yeah a minute. Uh, <laughs> please uh, please but yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna pose the question so you can think about it and for scott as well and then i'm gonna uh go and give our our promotion to our plot um yeah does this mean based on the way you described it that the sdr role now really becomes a true mdr role right so don't answer that yet because you know if the sdr can get replaced by the bot but we need this personalization. There's still this human piece that you said that's written by somebody. So anyway, that's the question. But before we get to your answers, want to, again, thanks HubSpot, HubSpot Podcast Network and HubSpot YouTube Network for putting this on there. And if you haven't checked it out, definitely check out the Business Made Simple podcast that is also on the HubSpot Podcast Network by Donald Miller. And it's interesting because one of the episodes uh, is the best practices for hiring and using a virtual assistant. So, oh, Scott, look, Scott, look gonna, at the, we better yeah, go. We better go listen might, to that one. It might be <laughs> the first podcast that Scott ever listens to, uh, aside from ours. And in this episode, Don, CEO of Belay, Trisha Skiortino, I hope I said that right, uh, about best practices for hiring and using a VA. Um, they can help you handle the tasks such as scheduling, correspondence, meetings, and note takings and follow up. Uh, but a lot more than that too. And you can actually get your time back to focus on the stuff that you want. So anyway, so please, uh, if you've never had a VA, which I do, um, you know, go check out this podcast with Donald Miller uh, called Business Made Simple. All right. What are your answers? Is the SDR role morphing to an MDR? Andy, 30 seconds. Oof. Short answer. I don't know. Short answer is no. Uh, and, and we can go into what. Um, okay, he I says think, no. 
Scott, hold on. We'll come back to why. Scott, yes or no? Yeah. What What is an MDR rule? Well, come on. Stop. Please. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that market? Yes. See, I'm just very confused by all of these. No, SDR, you're not. SDR, BDR, MDR, XDR. Here's what I think. I think the answer is no, because I think that all of those roles are going to die. That's what I think. All right. Andy, what do you think? So you say no for one reason. Are they going to die? Or, you know, and I'm going off the premise you put out there that we need content written by the people. Yeah. Um, no, because it's not going to remove the. Look, the AI is great at doing execution, but you still need to train the AI on how to think, right? And, yeah, but we're a year away from that. How long does it take my MDRs to do that? My BDRs? Yeah. Well, with how fast things change in the market, right? Like, let, let me give you an example. I think MDRs, if you look at what MDRs today, the, the whole goal of MDRs, in my opinion, is speed. Right. You get an inbound lead, you get back to them as quickly as possible, saying the right things, get them on a calendar. Right. Because they're at, at that phase, people are solution aware and product aware in terms of the, you know, the awareness funnel, whatever you want to call it. Right. They know your solution. You want to get them on quick, give them a good experience at that point. That's when their good experience starts. The SDR, sure, speed is one component, but it's the SDR is a little more strategy involved, which requires more thinking, right? And what I mean by that is if you look at an SDR role, are they just typically throwing up a thousand people in a sequence and writing personalized emails? No, they're, well, hopefully if they're good and they were trained well, they're not hopefully. just doing that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But what the great SDRs are doing is they're, they're being more strategic around their approach. Okay. Let me look at one account. In this account, I need to get these five people because they check these X boxes, right? Or they know this person who knows that person. That's something that maybe AI at some point will be able to wrap their head around the connections and how close connections are. Recommend some, some, you know, someone you should reach out to based on common connections. But you're still going to want to spot check that even if AI gets to that point, right? And so. There's thinking behind it that AI cannot yet be like, oh, Johnny knows Scott, so maybe I should go to Scott and ask for an intro and then actually send the intro email, right? Because guess what? Doing those checkboxes, AI, AutoGP could probably do it today, but you don't want it to do it automatically because it could be completely wrong and it'd make you look like an idiot if you did that. And Scott wasn't actually close to this Johnny guy that you wanted an intro to, right? Um, so... That's why my answer is no, right? I think there's a MDRs are all about speed, SDRs strategy, which is thinking, and so I, I think it's going to be hard for the AI to take over that thinking piece. I don't think it's going to be hard. I don't think. Or why not? Well, be just because I believe that we underestimate how fast the the sort of momentum or growth or intelligence of ai is going to be um but i actually think the answer is no because i think that the whole entire xdr whatever dr function you want to call it i think it's going to go away and i i think what you're going to have is um very capital 
conscious founders and VCs who are not interested in throwing money at a problem with bodies like this <clears throat> because it doesn't scale and it's just not capital efficient anymore. You're going to, instead of these like 20 person sales orgs or 50, hundred person sales orgs, you're going to have this like Navy SEALs team six, and it, it's going to be really strong account executives who run the full cycle, who are able to like write the prompts, funnel those, those, uh, responses, get those people onto, you know, meetings and close the deal. I think it's going to go back to the ways that it used to be when I was first a salesperson, which was a full cycle seller. I just will be aided by whatever stage of progress the AI is in. I don't think that, that we're going to have people whose specific role is to like write prompts or surface research, all that. It's going to be like, that shit should take 2.5 seconds for Andy as an AE. <laughs> Punch something into chat GPT 47, right? It's like yeah, Richard yeah. Harris is my Richard Harris is my prospect. Figure out what's going on in his life, what his pain point is right now, and make sure I get an appointment with him. And and how is that one person's role that's going to get paid sixty thousand dollars a year, and that's all they do? That's not capital efficiency. I I don't. I don't think that yeah. that's going to happen anymore. Yeah. Well, one thing I think about all these, all these schools can raise their prices, right? They should yeah. be able to, you know, you can charge a whole, I can charge you 30 grand for that tool a it year. It could. It'd right? still be more capital efficient than hiring right. STRs. Yep. Yeah. I, I think when we think about that, and I thought about this before, is one thing in there, Scott, was that like, if we, if I could have an AE team of five, over 50 people and get the same output. Hell yeah. Why? What company wouldn't want to do that? Right. Here's the, but, but how hard is it to find an amazing Navy SEAL AE? Right. It is very difficult. So in that assumption, what we haven't thought about is the margin of error, meaning how, how do we ensure that those five people are the Navy SEAL people and that I can specifically hire them? Right. And if I could get five people over 50, hell yeah, I would do it. I would pay them each three times more and you would still get a better output than the 50. Right. But the problem, because we're involving people in the equation, not everyone is going to be able to have the Navy SEAL mentality work in that way. So we need to account for that almost with more people. Right. It is kind of the way I look at it. And so that is why I never think these roles will be replaced per se. There will be less people in them and there always could be, there always could be even less people if each of your ballers could use all these tools to maximum potential. But unfortunately, because we're human and, you know, I was a salesperson, like sometimes we have so much shit to do. It's hard to know how to use all the tools, right? Could we potentially learn them all? That's the thing that we have to kind of account for, you know, which is like that, hey, all these people can't be rock stars like like you and Richard and these top performing reps, you know, that that quite frankly, a top performing rep, I think, can do the work of 10 mediocre reps, right? Based on what I've seen, 100%. So Scott, that's, but, that's where all these uh, training yeah. 
HR places are going to be like, we should go and create sales team six, right? Where we come in and there you go, dude. Yeah. Like Don, it's like Don ready from, from that movie where he brings in his auto sales guys and goes from one dealership to the, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. This is an opportunity, guys. Like, I'm not even um, kidding. If you could like train sales reps and have like a boot camp, you know, there's these coding boot camps, but you could take people that mm-hmm. have already been AEs and make them super AEs. And 96% that come out of that, you can prove are, you know, as valuable as 10 AEs in your art because they don't use all this shit. Hell yeah. I would pay a shit ton of money for that personally. Yeah. Right. Um, that, that is the interesting because it's interesting as a startup it's harder to find them if i've got a team of 20 and all of a sudden becomes you know you know it becomes you know who's got the conch right who's got the conch shell right it becomes lord of the flies because i'm going to trim that team down from 20 to five and yeah they better get on board right um yeah which is not a fun thing to do i, I don't say that you know, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, these are people's lives and humans and they have families and yeah. they need to live. So it's coming, though. And it doesn't mean I don't want to talk about it. We just have to decide how we're going to deal with it. So, yeah. With the salesperson. So, Andy, yeah. this is the part where we, we turn it over to you. What questions you got for us, bud? Man, tell me what I'm missing out on in surfing sales, dude. What am, what am I missing out on? Because I can't go this year. Wife's got the vacation. You know, give, give us a little Scott preview. Just of what a virtual assistant. Scott just got a virtual assistant to create the itinerary so we can start to <laughs> decide that. There you go. Right? Because I connect these Take dots. Take them out. Yes, yes. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Moving fast, Scott. Uh, <laughs> my first version is um, the community. Like, what do you miss? You know, yeah. You know, yeah. the three of us have this great network among us right we talk to each other we take the calls we'll take the text you're in town i'm in town we'll get together right yeah yeah you get to build those relationships in four days with people who you'd never get to score right in some other role some level of capacity you might spend time with someone who's a brand new sdr and want to spiff and they're coming and they don't know anything about their sales career so here's a great chance for for them to learn from Andy and for you to give something back and then for you to hear from somebody who's on the front lines because it's changed, right? Ask yeah. them, how are they seeing AI? Maybe that turns into, you know, because you're building your own new company. Maybe that turns into to the first person you hire as you start to go to market because now you, you spend yeah. days interviewing them. Like that's a piece that people don't get and they become these lifelong bonds. Like just in, like in all the other communities, this one's different though because it's international. You know, it's, it's, yeah, you, uh, that's one of the things you'll miss. One, um, two, the ability to, if you want to surf, you can, you don't have to. <laughs> there you um, go. There there's you a go. lot of beginning. Yeah. I'm like a forever beginner. So, like, I'm always out there with the lessons, Jeff, the other two co founders. Um, so that's a great piece. It gives you a chance to push yourself. Uh, the other piece that I would say, um, are the challenges like let's say you came we, you know we do this thing called a beach challenge and andy could we'll take the team and we'll divide into two groups and andy you get to spend 15 minutes explaining your company and what you're trying to accomplish and each team gets 10 minutes to ask you questions all in front of each other and then the team's breaking for 45 minutes they have to go create their advice like a consulting group and they come back mm-hmm. at sunset on the beach and you get the advice and it's this great way for you to get 
18 people's advice on how to run your business, who have totally different perspectives, who have no loyalty to you, who have no real relationship with you. So you just get real honest feedback about what you could do with your business. So that's the kind of stuff that I think you miss that you don't get in other places. It's interactive and emotional. I like I'll show up some, some group therapy, which I think is great for, for people, especially like people building companies and, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. people working solo account execs working solo, you know, hitting that number, feeling like you're working solo sometimes, uh, which is amazing. And I, now I have a, a question for Scott. Yeah, man. Cause I know he's going to, he's going to give us his real thoughts. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this uh, gong re- release from last week, my man? Oh my goodness! Um, I understand strategically, I guess, why they're trying to to roll it out and and kind of be everything to everyone and try to capture all of the market share that the sales loss and outreach and other enablement sequencer tools have. It seems like. Um, Maybe the moment passed where one of those tools could have bought Gong. Gong's probably not big enough to buy them. Uh, but my bigger thing is like, why are we still going to be writing email sequences? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Because, <laughs> because, because like, I don't respond yeah. to emails unless I recognize the name of the person sending me an email because my inbox is full of junk. And full of messages, you know, hundreds of messages a day. And I and I don't even live there anymore. I live in Slack half the time. So we're asking people to behave in a way that they used to behave 10 plus years ago, still moving forward. And I think it's going to go farther away from how we used to behave. Right. So, OK, well, maybe it's not just email. We're going to build a sequence. And, and you're, there's phone calls. Nobody picks up the fucking phone anymore. Pickup rates on cold calls are lower than they have Yeah. My yeah. ringer is off 24-7. My call ID can tell me exactly who's who's calling me. And if I don't recognize the number and it's your name's not in my phone, I'm not answering. So I'm just sort of like, what are we doing? Like we're, we're yeah. trying to capture this, but this thing is in the beginning of the death spiral, I think. So I don't really yeah. I don't really get it. Yeah. What do, you think, what do you think about it? I think I think Udi or whoever's behind it is a genius. I think they did a great from a marketing perspective, right? Um, I actually messaged Udi and disclaimer, yeah, I was early at outreach. I'm a big outreach investor per se, shares, blah blah, blah whatever. But I still and I still commend them because I messaged Udi and I was like, dude, that was amazing. Like touche, that was a great job. Uh, from a marketing perspective. And what I mean by that is like, look at what they did. They created an enemy, right? And it, they, it, which the archaic sales engagement solution. So they kind of put themselves above on a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they created an enemy in that way, which was amazing. Um, they put themselves in the same category versus trying to create their new category. Now, if you saw that, that was very interesting, right? Cause everyone's like, create a category, create a category. And like, it's this category creation, you know, they were like, as a mark, genius marketers, they said, no, we're going to put ourselves in the same playing field, uh, which I thought was amazing. It shows that how big the category potentially could be, right? Uh, so just super smart move. 
Um, and then they also leveraged influencers, you know, within there with the templates and stuff, which I thought was in, for credibility in social proof, which I thought was also a super good play that you don't see from enough B2B companies these days. Um, so just in general, I think from a marketing perspective, amazing job. Um, it was like people should take look at River. I try to do a little bit of newsletter today, just high level. Um, but reverse engineering, take notes because, I mean, the way they did it was just great. Um, now, from a product, I've never seen the product. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how well the product, I never used it in terms of the new AI stuff they have. So um, the question now is, is can their product fulfill the dream that they promised, right? And all the sales engagement when you get out of that. I don't know. Uh, but is there, sure, is there a market for the product even? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. yeah. I see it as them, you know, again, taking that next step towards whatever the next step is after that. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a good step. It's not a, it's not a small thing, but it's, you know, it's the next release because there's going to be, I, I don't know this. I've not talked to anybody. I have no vested interest, shared advisory, nothing. Yeah. More coming. There's got to be every one of these engagement platforms right they're all figuring out how to get there and you know that's the piece that i wonder and and part of what i also think they're doing wisely is they're doing things to just keep getting more and more content from their users to better fuel and build their next part of the product that's yeah. what I, right which is what i think a lot of them do i mean gong's been doing that forever in terms of you know, we've aggregated this information and here's how often and when you should bring up the word price or if you should use a curse word. They, they aggregate that information. Now the question is, how do I turn that into an AI platform and how do I get more communications around the email side? And I think their focus on the email side might be because they focus so heavily on the conversation side first, right? Like that was the first piece. So this is their way to, I wouldn't say, I mean, I guess catch up a little bit, but they did it in a really good way to your point, Andy, like how they first engineered that piece and made it a big deal. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is what shows, uh, you know, subtle plug. That's why I'm building a distribute. I want to play with all of them. I'm going to take all their data and then I'm you know make pages based on that. Right. That's the goal. Right. Um, but yeah, keep us posted uh, on the product. When is it distribute expected to go live? Uh, oh man, see this is this is tough this question. is where we this is the tough question. Um, I don't want to say it yet because because products are never released on name yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, as a <laughs> if I'm in my old enterprise AEM next week, next week, no, uh, but no, really, what I'm shooting for, and no one hold me till this is in the July. So uh, that's, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. Well, good so. luck with that. We'll be excited to uh, support you and, and distribute. Here's, take a look at it. Here's the answer, Andy. The answer is it's yeah. actually coming sooner than most people think. We say that. Yeah. We say that so that you get acquired before it even comes out. He's already <laughs> been, oh, he's already been acquired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before the podcast ends. Yes. Whoever's listening. Uh, right now, the Richard's right, no taker here. Uh, great stuff, uh, Richard, Scott. Always a pleasure to be on, man. Let's do it again. Always soon. happy to be here. Uh, yeah. Talk to you soon, guys. Right, awesome stuff. See you later, later, guys. Have a good one.